This is the NRL.com Fantasy Podcast. Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast. Andrew Bryan, Dom Brock and Chris Kennedy in the studio as always to get you through all the latest news. And always there's plenty happening in rugby league. Uh, obviously we've had the CS Oliola case that went on last night on that tackle on Billy Slater. Uh, captain favourite Cam Smith still in doubt, although he was named on Tuesday. Matt Moylan's out, as is James Maloney. Boys, just a standard week of NRL. Yeah, I think we're going to be losing uh, important fantasy players on almost a weekly basis. If current evidence is anything to go by, I was stockpiling my trades and I'm you now just using two a week to put out spot fires. So I imagine there's a few people in a similar situation. Yeah, the damage isn't actually as bad as we thought it was going to be during the weekend when Smith went down, uh, Sam Burgess as well with a uh, rib injury. Mm. We all feared the worst. Slater's uh, obviously out. Slater's obviously out, but those, those first two have been named this week, so fingers crossed they come through and play. And Slater tweeted today saying that it's just precautionary. He's feeling all right. He'll be back next week. So that's good news for those who have him. But let's get on to the show. The latest in league. All right, round 21 starts with the Panthers taking on the Bulldogs. Obviously, for the Panthers, the big news is that Matt Moylan is out with a hamstring injury. Tyron May comes in at 5'8". Bryce Cartwright's been named, but on the reserves, so questionable whether he will play. Uh, Regal Campbell-Gillard is named at prop after coming off the bench last week. Yeah, Cardi, uh, I believe, got through a game in Reggie's in his comeback last week, so it wouldn't surprise me overly if he came into the 17. Um, you'd think on the bench rather than straight into the starting side. Um, Tyrone May was solid on debut. Was that a fortnight ago? Yep. Now, um, probably getting a little bit late for low-tier halves. Cash cows are only going to be in for a couple of weeks, though. It's in, available in the second row as well, I think, if you look for a cash-out. Um, I think the big news, though, is that the last time Matt Moylan didn't play, Nathan Cleary scored 126, the yeah. greatest score ever. So those of us who have him, uh, you know, if he scores less than 90 this week, we'll be disappointed. Yeah. And given how the Bulldogs played, obviously for them, James Graham returned, so that should help. They were pumped by the Broncos. There's been board meetings again. Uh, they haven't been out of the news for long this year, but given how the Bulldogs defended, either they're going to be fired up and will be a lot better. They can't be much worse than they were against the Broncos, so that might help those who have Cleary as well. Well, pretty much all year they've been terrible in attack and okay in defence, and last week they were terrible in attack and defence, so... Hopefully for us Cleary owners, like those of us who only jumped on a week or two ago, that continues this weekend. All right, the Warriors take on the Sharks for the Warriors. Uh, 1-17, there is a faint hope of them making the finals, but I think they're pretty much done and dusted, but they definitely need to beat the Sharks at home. For the Sharks, Farman and Brown replaces uh, James Maloney. Paul Gallon yesterday on radio was saying that Maloney's anywhere from two to six weeks, but he thinks probably three to four. That would be a massive blow to the Sharks if Maloney's out long term. Yeah, I think he'll be back before the finals unless there's some kind of complications. I think he's had a pin in uh, a fractured uh, metacarpal. Is that what they're called, the hand ones? Metatarsals, your foot? I'm a doctor. Broken hand. Let's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, I think that the question coming in was whether Jack Bird or Fomano Brown was going to get the 5'8 spot. Obviously, uh, Flano's chosen to leave uh, Bird at centre and give New Brown a, a shot in the halves. I think Seguiaro starting at hooker. Yep. yep. All right. <laughs> Nothing that's all we've got to say about that. Fantasy-wise by, by Paul Gallen and Andrew Fafita. Yeah, that's pretty much the story <laughs> with them. Um, Warriors, again, the same as last week for the most part. Two of us are Sheck still doing well enough to stay in most fantasy teams. Possible cash-out option. Yeah. Depends where you're placed in the in the back three. Mannering killing it. Absolutely killing it. Getting ridiculous numbers. Tries on top of his 60 tackles a week. I think he's made more than 50 tackles and more than 100 metres in the last four weeks at least, plus a couple of tries. It's absurd. Yeah. Can you keep that up? <laughs> I don't know. 
All right, then the next game is the Eels taking on the Broncos. And obviously the big news for Parramatta, Clint Gutherson with that season-ending knee injury. That's a massive blow, CK. Uh, he's been playing well all year. I think he was in our top four unofficial Dallium votes on the website. That shows the kind of season he's had. Uh, it's a massive blow for Parramatta. It's a, it's just a crushing blow in general. Like he's one of those sort of players who, even if you're a neutral fan, he's just fun to watch. He's one of those really busy players, personality players. And he's probably been Parramatta's most important player all year, along with uh, Nathan Brown, a huge part of the reason why they are in finals contention this late in the season. Um, going really well at fullback after having previously gone well at centre and 5'8 during the year leaves a massive hole. Um, probably... I guess what alleviates it a tiny bit is they do have a specialist fullback in Bevan French to go back there and plenty of good three quarters in the shape of... I still think Hirosemi Orva might get the, the wing spot. Uh, he's been named in the reserves over Josh Hoffman, who's been named to start. Um, so they do have cover there, but obviously just the um, the all-round value that Gutherson offers is very tough to replace. I guess in a fantasy sense, not really too much doing other than Nathan Brown still um, going along really nicely. Yeah, Nathan Brown's a great buy. Um, you know, a lot of people probably still had Gutherson in their fantasy team. He's, he's been scoring pretty well as well as playing well. Um, I think for the Eels, it makes the Mitch Moses buy look at masterstroke all of a sudden that they're not, mm. you know, genuinely losing a, another spine player. They can um, fill in there with Moses and French at the back. But yeah, as you say, Nathan Brown's really the big, the big target at para. And with the top eight taking shape, it's a massive game for Parramatta. And obviously for the Broncos, Darius Boyd returns. Still not 100%. He said he wasn't confident in his thumb. He's still going to go through a fitness test, but has been getting into more contact work this week. Uh, replaces Cody Nikarima, who drops out of the 17. Seems a bit harsh because he's been playing really well. Yeah, it's a bit, it is a bit harsh on him. Uh, Bennett floated the idea last week that he could drop out altogether with Benji keeping the uh, bench utility spot. He is carrying Nikarima. This is carrying an injury, a hip or groin injury. Um, well, Eden Richards, our man up in Brisbane, yeah. tweeted that Nick Rima didn't get through training exactly, yeah. uh, during the week. So that could so be, maybe not fit this week. Could be a anyway. part of it anyway, yeah. All right, the Knights take on the Dragons. Uh, the Knights, Ken Sia returns for the injured Chanel Metadia. Uh, for the Dragons, uh, kind of big news here, but probably too late in the fantasy season for a lot of coaches. Uh, Josh Dugan returns, but at centre with uh, debut sensation Matt Dufty, who's been killing it in under-20s for a couple of years now, has been the heir apparent. Uh, he scored 84 on debut, uh, which was a massive performance, and he keeps the spot at fullback. Obviously, Ewan Aitken is out. If this had happened earlier, I mean, he's made 50k in one week on debut with that 84. It was playing well all game and then had that try at the end, which obviously boosted his score as well. Uh, he's about 188,000 with a break-even of minus 30. So if you had a lot of trades or if you've got a problem in the wing fullback spot, uh, Dufty could be one to cash out like an RTS or someone like that. But for most coaches who are running out on trades, it's probably a bit late in the season. Yeah, if it was early in the season, as you say, he'd be pretty much a must-buy, you'd think, after that performance um at this stage yeah he's more of a cash out option still it yeah it, it, the big question is about uh when Aitken comes back what that means whether he'll come back into the side and bump Dugan back to fullback which would make sense um or whether Dufty keeps the spot I mean he'll probably be playing fullback for them next year but the Dragons are still a top eight chance so it's not like they can look to next year just yet so yeah I mean he'll probably score well in the next few weeks but we don't know how long he's going to stay there well, yeah, like you say, once Aitken comes back, does that push Dugan to fullback and, and Dufty out of the side? I guess the, the reason to buy him, like you said, is if he's a cash-out because he's not going to be an auto-emergency risk because if he's in the team, you think he's going to be scoring well a bit like a Dylan Edwards or someone. So um, you'd, if you, you would buy him not 
needing to rely on him as a 17 player. So if you've got a fourth winger fullback you want to cash out, um, you've got Dufty there and he could potentially score well when he's in the team. And then if he's out of the team, then at least you've taken the, the cash from the cash out and you don't have someone who's going to be getting your eights and tens as an auto-emergency risk every week. Is it the sign of a fantasy tragic that I'm already thinking about next year and that if he scores well in these two or three games, he won't be the cash cow that he would have been for next season coming in and possibly having that fullback spot? He would have been one that was almost locked into everyone's teams and now if he scores a couple of good scores now, he, his price might be yeah, a bit could, tough for next year. He may have jumped straight to, uh, to gun status and skipped the whole cash cow uh cash cow thing. Well it's happened already like we've seen sort of Cody Nelson and Brody Croft yeah. and Jerome Hughes a few guys who've only played one or two games in their debut season start the next season about 400k based off one good score just because of how the formula works so I think we might already be uh, putting the line through Dufty as a cash cow next year. All right, the Rabbitohs take on the Raiders this year. Uh, mass changes for South Sydney. Alex Johnson moves to fullback, Robert Jennings to the wing, Terrell Filamano to centre, which hurts people who had him as a second row centre option, and John Sutton moves to the second row, Cody Walker to 5'8". Uh, Damian Cook takes a starting role off Robbie Farrar, and Zane Musgrove goes back to the bench. Who wants to take this one? There's a lot happening in this South Sydney team. I like there's and even yeah, more changes yeah, than that. Yeah, Hunt comes in at centre and Bryson Goodwin goes out to the wing. Yeah. Braden Burns out of the team. It's Yeah, so it's a lot. And amongst all that, Sam Burgess got named again as, yeah. you know, he was in, in a bit of doubt. Um, it's a rib cartilage injury, not a broken rib, so he can play. He's, just gonna He's got to play killers. through the pain barrier. Mm. Yeah. Like we've seen with sort of Tyson Frizzell and a few other guys, it's not, you're not going to be 100% playing through it, but you can probably get through a game. Yeah, so he's probably a hold. I'm sure there'll be questions on him later on. His recent form's been a bit patchy by his standards. Um, otherwise, for fantasy-relevant players, Cody Walker's move to 5'8 is probably good. His defence will go up. He'll get a few more kick metres, a um, bit closer to the action. I mean, his score shouldn't go backwards, mm. I wouldn't think. Um, Furumono... I don't know. I mean, centre's usually, you know, not as good a score as second row. At least he'll play 80 minutes, so his chances of getting attacking stats go up a bit. Yeah. I don't know. It's probably well, been neutral for him. Mid-20s or 20-ish the last couple of weeks anyway. Basically, his tackle breaks is the difference. Like, his yeah. minutes yeah. haven't been terrible. He hasn't played many 80-minute or 60-minute-plus games. Plays about 50? Anyway, yeah. So, yeah. the sub-40 he got two weeks ago, sub-40 minutes was concerning. He's back up to 50 minutes last week, but still the no tackle breaks meant... Um, poor scores. You'd think going back to centre, a few more, well, the extra half hour worth of minutes is probably going to be offset by a little bit less work in the middle. Yep. Um, for those of us who are running a whole host of, you know, Le Lewis and Haynes and you know, all these sort of guys, he's probably a, a good cash out option at this stage. And for the Raiders, uh, who definitely need to win, uh, Michael Oldfield replaces the suspended Jordan Rapana, who hasn't hit the heights that he'd been hitting earlier in the season. I think he's had four scores under 50 or at least under 40, um, which hasn't been the, the heights that he's been hitting because his scores have been ridiculous at times this year. Uh, Tapane, Luke Bateman joins the starting pack. Soliola obviously last night got suspended for five weeks for that tackle on Billy Slater. Uh, Jeff Lima joins the bench. Boys, what are we thinking? This Raiders team have been disappointing all year. Anything fantasy relevant there? What did Leilua do last week? Have you got him? Um, he did very little. Yeah, he got oh, 13 or 14 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was really bad. Such a headache. Um, I don't know what to do. Like, I've got Tom <laughs> Travojevic as one. Yeah. I've already sold Sioni, and now I've got Leilua and Fulmano as the other two. I've got to keep one of them and sell the other one probably. 
Yeah, I can't help you. No. It's <laughs> I would have just... kept Sione. <laughs> yeah, no, well, now I wish I had. <laughs> I guess the interesting thing to come out of this is the Raiders this week on NRL.com are saying that six out of six, what, which they need to do to be any chance of making the finals, is still not unrealistic, is the quote. And I, for one, finally thankful that someone in NRL circles are taking it six weeks at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a nice change from the one week at a time that we usually have to deal with. Um, yeah, I mean, six straight wins will almost certainly get them into the finals, but how realistic six straight wins is based on what we've seen from them so far this year is a different question. I mean, I, I, I'm struggling to pick them against the Rabbitohs, so yeah. that, that's an indication of how their, their season's gone and um, it's going to be a struggle for them to win two in a row, little and six yeah. in a row. I'll just do the ladder predictor and the Rabbitohs can still make it if they win six as well. Not that that's any more chance of happening. So James Graham was confident that the Bulldogs can still make it. Yep, everyone can still make it if they win six in a row. except Not everyone. Newcastle and Let's not talk about the Knights. <laughs> it's a mathematical chance, mathematical chance. All right, the Roosters take on the Cowboys and I might touch on that in a second. Joseph Marner returns at centre. Mitch Orbison moves back to the pack and Guerra drops to the bench. Uh, and Connor Watson, how good was he at fullback? Obviously against the Knights, but he was very impressive uh, at the weekend. Yeah, I mentioned last week that if he if he got a decent score against the Knights, there'd be some people interested in him this week. He's available, I think, in fantasy at half or hooker, strangely, and he's playing fullback. Mm. Uh, for he's the Roosters, played half and hooker this year. So that's he's true. He's going to have so many positions. Ultimate utility, and he's joining Newcastle uh, next year. Um, yeah, so he played well. He got a try. He won't play against the Knights every week, so that's going to be a factor... Um, what's, what's his price around 200 mid 200s or something so he's not really a cash out it's one of those awkward mm. players for this time of the year I think um, Mitch Pearce meanwhile uh, came back with a 60 last week still is the best option at half you would yeah. think especially with SJ out he's like I think probably Pearce and Cleary ahead of Munster and DCE are the, the top yep. halves at the moment Right, and for the Cowboys, Winnerstein returns in place of Jared Bowen. John Asitar starts in the front row with Sean Fensom going back to the bench. Uh, the Cowboys currently fifth, and we're talking about this out of the studio. They've got a massive run home. They play all four teams above them on the ladder in their last six games, which is a good position to be in if you're winning those games because you'll leapfrog those teams into the top two, which would be a great result. They're on a four-match winning streak. But if they start dropping some of those games, and they've, they're all tough games, obviously, without Thurston, the Cowboys will look a bit shaky. They're four points clear of eighth spot at the moment, so two wins. But with that run home, they're not cemented in their top four aspirations sure, yet. Sure, yeah. That four-game winning streak's been really impressive considering it's without Jonathan Thurston you know, and Matt Scott, another Kangaroos player. Um, but all four games, I'm pretty sure, are against bottom eight teams, and that's not what their draw looks like now. So... We'll see. I mean, they've been excellent. Uh, Michael Morgan's been fantastic. But, yeah, as you say, it's going to be a tough run now. Mm. And I guess Tamalolo's the other one who's a captaincy option this week, given the, the injury news to Cam Smith. And he's a late. He plays in the second last game. We're about to touch on the Storm game. So um, Tamalolo could be a captaincy option. Yeah, I think, I think he's got a better average now than Cameron Smith across the whole season. Um, Still capable of a lowish score, a score in the 40s or something, mm. but his run meters are just so huge and he can get tackle breaks and the odd try. Um, you know, as safe as option as any. Yeah, I went Tamalolo last week and ended up wishing I'd gone Crichton, but <laughs> didn't do too <laughs> bad after all. <laughs> all right, the Storm take on the Seagulls. Always a bit of extra motivation in this game. They seem to have a pretty good rivalry happening. Uh, long history there. Billy Slater obviously out, as we touched on at the top, with a concussion, but he'll be back next week. Cameron Munster moves to fullback. Riley Jacks into the side at 5'8". Camp Smith has been named, but 
there's got to be some question marks on him given that I think it was the first time since, I don't know, 1975 that he hasn't played <laughs> 80 minutes. Like His record of playing 60, 70, 80 minutes is just ridiculous. Uh, so there's got to be some doubts there and if Melbourne need to, to risk Cam Smith at this stage in the season. Yeah, directly after the game last week, I think the Storm thought he was no chance of playing this week and then each day since then his chances have improved a He's lot. a good healer, apparently. He's a good healer. Yeah. He's Wolverine. Um, so I still think it's a good chance he's going to play whether they give him a rest towards the end of the game, if they're winning by a lot. I don't know if that's going to be happening against Manly. Uh, we'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, for the, for the league front runners who are going to be the minor premiers, it's probably a pretty good time to rest someone if they're in any doubt now. Mm. Like, better now even than round 26 where you want to build some momentum to go into the finals. So, yeah, I mean, they could easily rest him. As you say, it's the second last game of the round. It's on Sunday, so it's tricky for fantasy um, I'd probably recommend you not make him captain this week and probably stick him in your reserve so you can easily swap him out for someone else on a Saturday or Sunday if he gets ruled out. Um, I don't know. Ideal for those of us running McInnes or McCulloch or someone. Exactly. Because both those guys play earlier than Smith in the yeah. in the round. So. Um, yeah, I mean, last time he was injured earlier in the season, I think, or under a cloud, and we said don't make him captain and sure. bashed out a 70 or, or whatever it was. He just seems to keep... Doing it, um, if he is going to play, then I guess he's probably a, not going to get less than, than 50. But like you say, if there's a um, if the result's beyond doubt with half an hour to go, he's a massive candidate yeah. for an early shot. I mean, he doesn't like coming off generally no. in any game. So who knows? But um, And it would be his 350th at home as well. So That's uh, true. You'd think that might, that might sway it. But, but the, the risk is there, is, is the main thing. Mm. So... Exactly. I think if you stick him on your reserves, if he plays and scores 70, then that's a happy bonus. And yeah. you, don't, you don't get stuck with the potential 16-man um, you know, team this week. All right, for Manly, Coruscant is back, as is Brenton Lawrence and Matt Wright. The Sea Eagles were awful against the Dragons. Uh, they did make that run against them and got within eight points after conceding 30 in the first half. There was a key moment when DC got intercepted by Widdop, and how good has Widdop been this year? But to concede 50 points as a team looking to be a top four side against a Dragons team that everyone was predicting was falling out of the back eight was uh, pretty disappointing. Mm. Yeah, Blake Greenback as well was is going to help this week. It was weird because Manly's defended so well this year, even when they've been under the pump, they've really sort of defended their goal line stoutly. Plus, the Dragons have been quite off the boil of late as well, so it was a bit of a um, one that none of us saw coming. And like you said, it was such a topsy-turvy game. They were up 30-0 and then it was 30-22 and Manly had all the running and then... Dragons just shot away with it again. So one of those ones I think the Seagulls will just be putting you know, as far away from their, their minds as they possibly can heading into this week and dusting themselves Is off. It, and was it all due it. to Darcy Lussick? Manly scored three <laughs> tries with him off the field and then conceded another ten with, <laughs> when he came back on the field. It was just bizarre that... Man, I mean, Manly had all the ball while he was off the field, mm. but the momentum changed as soon as he came back on it. It was bizarre. Mm. Pretty sure Nathan Peets pointed that out to Darcy Lussick on Twitter as well, which has <laughs> brought plenty of some amusement. Um, in terms of this game, it wouldn't surprise me if Manly won, I don't think, especially with a few changes to the Storm. Um, Fantasy-wise, the Travoyevich brothers are probably... Uh, what did DCE get last week? It wasn't... As 40s, good. I think. Yeah, still OK. Mid 40s, yeah. yeah. I think the Travoyevich brothers are where it's at for Manly's fantasy stops. Yeah, Martin Depau, since a few of us jumped onto him, uh, in the last buy round, I think, or around that time, has really, you know, struggled by his previous standards. He's gone back to the Tapau we all thought he was going to be exactly. rather than the Tapau we thought he was. 
Yeah, so that, that great patch in the middle of the season or for most of the season, you know, that may have come and gone now. Who knows? Hopefully he, uh, he gets back to those tackle-busting well, well, ways. I think it's coincided with Manly's sort of form dip as well, mm. that he isn't getting... Either he's getting found out by opposition defences or just isn't having the impact because a lot of Manly's play... Obviously, they were missing players last week, but a lot of Manly pl- Manly's play has been off the back of his offloads and tackle breaks and metres that he's getting. Uh, let's go straight into the last game. Titans beat the West Tigers. Uh, Conrad Harrell out with a hamstring. John Olive in the centres. Cole Lawton replaced Kane Elchie. Not a lot of fantasy relevant there, although Harrell has been scoring some decent scores at centre. Uh, for the Tigers, Lawrence replaces Lovett in the starting side. Suasa Su uh, returns from suspension on the bench. But fantasy-wise, probably not a lot happening here, although Aaron Woods has been pretty good. Mm. Well, in terms of the Titans, a lot of people still carrying Jared Hayne, who hasn't really been shooting the lights out, but he's probably a viable, I guess, second or third centre option. Um, I'm still carrying Ryan James, so his bounce back to form was very welcome last week. And a lot of us still with Jared Wallace, who got close to 50, which is more what we come to associate with him at the start of the season. He's been definitely on the chopping block as a candidate for being upgraded to a Fafita or a Vaughan for a while. But if those are slow on trades, hopefully you can keep pumping out a few more high yeah. points, low 50s. Ash Taylor's been in pretty good form as well, mm. fantasy-wise. It seems like a bit of a risk still. You know, it's very recent form for him. He's not normally yeah. uh, running the ball a bit more, but, yeah, he'd rather go just the guns. Yep. All right, speaking of Ash Tail, let's segue straight into the NRL fantasy questions. Fan, Fan questions, questions from the hashtag, hashtag, yeah. All right, Daniel Klein wants to know, he contacted us on Twitter, how about trading SJ down to Ash Taylor, as you mentioned a second ago, as a legit cut price option to afford a better upgrade elsewhere, say a Maguire or a Jack DeBellin? Yeah, well, as I just said, um, you know, Taylor's had a, a good recent run. Um, it's it's still a gamble, though, because, you know, his season average, I'm not sure what it is, but I'm guessing it'd be 40s, low 40s or something. So so you can't rely on him keeping that up, um, you know, indefinitely for a Titans team that's, you know... I mean, if you've got SJ, though, he's not scoring you any points. And if you can upgrade somewhere else and get 10 or 15 points extra in the forwards, then maybe it's not a bad option, depending on how many sure. trades. Or you could just bring in Mitchell Pearce and get 60 points a week with one yeah. trade. I think we talked about SJ last week, but I think either get it, just get Mitchell Pearce in for a like-for-like, like, or otherwise, if you're going at quote-unquote cut-price option, I think your yeah, Cherry Evans monsters are about 50, 60 grand cheaper and will give you a bit more cash yeah, for the forwards for still being a really good, consistent scorer. Is he talking about... Buying or selling Josh Maguire? That last question. Selling Maguire for Jack DeBellin. Yeah, well, I don't hate that, but yeah, I don't know if I'd be com- compromising on a Ash Taylor over a, a Munster or a Cherry Evans just to do it. All right, at Beerweather wants to know uh, Vaughan or Fafita in for Wallace? Currently got to power and Ryan James. Uh, yeah, Wallace isn't a must sell, but you can upgrade him to either of those guys. Um, I'd probably go for Fafita again. Vaughan's been great this year, as we've said many times. Um, Fafita is scoring about the same, but he's he's been a gun for years, so you know he's he's probably a bit more reliable in that sense. That um, at this point in the season, you sort of have to look at their run homes, don't you? So with only three or four, like four or five games left in the season, you sort of what's Paul Vaughan likely to do against the teams he's playing versus Fafita and the Sharks? Obviously, the Dragons need to win a lot to stay in the eight, whereas the Sharks are pushing for a higher place in the top four. So they've both got plenty to play for, but you sort of got to look at the games and how you think they'll pan out for those two players. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, Vaughan this year has, has been as good as he's ever been in fantasy. Fafita's had a bit of a lull, kind of, by his standards. In, in the past, he's averaged low 60s, you know, for a season. So um, he's right up there with the, with the top guns. If you can afford him, I'd, I'd get him. All right. Liam Medley wants to know, is it worth breaking the number one rule of fantasy uh, and not captaining Cam Smith? Obviously, you've got the likes of Angus Crichton, who's been killing it, and that's who uh, Liam wants to captain this week. I thought the number one rule of fantasy was never buy Mitchell Orbison, but He played in the centres again last week. <laughs> yes, I know. Well, he might have a different rule sheet to the one that we, we play off. Just in but... a different order. Um, yeah, we sort of touched on it before, but I think captaining Cam this week is a bit of a risk, so definitely a, a Crichton or a Tamalolo I think is more than sensible. Crichton last week scored mid-80s or something with no try with mm. 11 tackle breaks. So he's just... He's right up there with the elite. He's up there. I think his average score is now 61, including five or six games where he didn't play. He's the most expensive player in fantasy. 80 minutes, isn't he? yeah, easily. Um, and he hasn't scored under 54. Well, he's only scored under 54 once since round five. So that's you can set your watch to a captain like that. So he's, he's not a gamble at all. I'd, I'd be quite comfortable yep. giving him the C. All right, Kiri to Nation. Sergis has been so bad lately. Would you upgrade him to Mannering? He's only got two trades left. Uh, he'd be left with no cash in the bank. So it's, it's a big I, gamble with that is. many trades left. I can left. see the attraction. I, I was actually, amongst the injuries on the weekend, I was half thinking if Burgess was to miss a few weeks, it wouldn't be the end of the world because then I could make that exact trade, bring in Simon Mannering, guilt-free, spend a bit of cash and get someone who's been scoring 70s and 80s for the last few weeks instead of 40s. Um, in saying that... Uh, Burgess hasn't actually been scoring that badly, I don't think. He's had, he had 139 and the others were scores in the 40s, um, which is not far away from what you want from him every week, you know, low 50s. Um, he plays close to 80 minutes most weeks. Uh, his season average is still 55. I think Mannering's is 60, so it's not a huge jump there. And if you've only got two trades left, I mean, that's the big thing. I think the last two trades you really want to spend on big injuries and there's still seven rounds to go, so it seems a big gamble to waste one for another five points a week, maybe ten points a week. Yeah, you're selling a borderline keeper for a more informed keeper, which is very much a luxury trade, and if you've only got two trades left, I don't think you can be making luxury trades. All right, Alessandra Toloka, my props are currently Vaughan, Brown, Wallace. Do you think that Fafita is a must-have, or are my props good enough for the run home? Same answer, really. It's a luxury trade. Uh, Wallace to Fafita is an upgrade, but it's not a, an absolute must-do upgrade unless you're sort of flush with trades and no other more pressing problems elsewhere. Yeah, it really just depends on trades remaining, I yeah. think. All right, Burge91. Uh, hope this isn't an actual Burgess because he's trading out Phil Mano and Tom Burgess to get in a non-player and Vaughan or to power. He's already got Scott, Phil Mano, Leilua and Jane Jared Hayne in his <laughs> centres, but he's calling him Jane, so I don't know if he's Jane? a fan. You can say Hayne. We know who Hayne is. Yeah. Yes, there's Hayne. no other Hayne to, to <laughs> make the distinction. Yep. Um, I mean, thanks so it's not question. a turbo and gerbo <laughs> situation, but Burge, I hope you're not a Burgess brother about to drop uh, Tom Burgess, but what did we think about? Uh, I, I like it, I think. Yep. Um, Consolidate the centres get... and upgrade a definite non-keeper prop to an actual keeper prop. Yep. Vaughan, I think we've Vaughan over to power at the moment. Yep. yep. All right, two questions to go. Made in China. Is it too late for Dufty? We talked about him at the top of the show. Assuming Aiken is out for an extended period, four trades left and looking to trade out RTS. So obviously looking to free up a bit of cash to upgrade elsewhere. Well, I hope that's the reason. Uh, we talked about Dufty at the top, but if you've only got four, if you had 12 trades left, I think you could 
make it, and it's a luxury trade, as you, you mentioned, but that seems pretty risky. Yeah, it depends. As we said, if, if RTS is his fourth fullback, fourth winger fullback, so he has three other guys to cover in case um, Aitken comes back later and Dufty gets bumped out because that's a genuine risk, then, you know, you could do it. Four trades, as you say, is getting pretty light on. Um, but if RTS is one of his three scorers, then bringing in Dufty now is a bit risky. Yep. And final question from Darren King at DoesBaby1 on Twitter. He's got eight trades left, so he's in a lot better position than I am. Uh, good move to trade SJ for DCE and Phil Manu for Murray. Leaves money in Kitty to upgrade Wallace and CHN in finals. Uh, what do we think about that? Obviously, SJ is gone for the season, so um, probably got to be trading him out anyway. But Yeah, he's a sell. I don't understand the second part, the Phil Manu to Murray trade. If you're selling Phil Manu, just get a non-playing 138k dual position guy unless you're going to get a, a keeper. Yep, that makes sense. Um, we still think Pierce would probably outscore DCE by a little bit for the run home, but he frees up a bit of cash, so depending on what his planned trades are for the run home. Boys, that's the end of the questions. Anything we missed? Anything you want to mention before we head into round 21 and the race home of the finals? Obviously, it's a week before most coaches will be playing their NRL fantasy finals, so trades are at a premium now and a luxury going in. If you're playing head-to-head, -head, this is where you want your trades and to be upgrading and getting rid of the dead weight. Yeah, I'm gonna, I've got seven trades heading into this week, so I'm going to use two this week. I'm going to flick, I think, Fulmano, leaving me with Leilua and Turbo in the centres. Um, and Jared is the fourth backup, either fullback or um, or centre, and that leaves me enough cash to go Feeney up to Pierce. Finally, getting rid of Feeney. Congratulations. Finally getting rid of Feeney and getting Pierce in. So three gun halves in in uh, Pierce, Cleary, and Monster. Nice. Yeah, I've got four left, which is getting a bit tight before the finals, but you know it helped for overall. Um, sitting tight, hoping that. Both Sam Burgess and Cameron Smith play as named. I am sticking tight with those two. I think I am also going to trade Phil Mano out, just cash him out, uh, say, blow one trade this week, but then I've got two next week in case of injuries. Uh, I've got the cash up my sleeve then, and if there is an injury, then I've got two trades to work with rather than one. So that's the only reason I'm making that trade this week. There won't be any more injuries this season, will they? Surely. They've had enough. We've had heaps. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> All right, that's full time on the episode of the NRL Fantasy Podcast. You can catch us on Twitter at AndrewBryan321, at Dom underscore Brock, and at CKennedy80. We do see a lot of your tweets and try to answer as many as we can. Uh, CK will be back doing his fantasy show on NRL.com. Uh, enjoy the footy and make the best use of your trades. For your chance at $350,000 in cash and prizes, head to fantasy.nrl.com and register your team today. You've been listening to the NRL.com Fantasy Podcast.